jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Welcome to Gaylords of Darkness. Welcome to a new month. Scream month lasted but one week. <laughs> Scream month last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was but a week oh, and or the, a day. The day that it <laughs> premiered. And they got shot in the head by uh, the, the final girls. That's right. So it's a new month here. And Anthony, I have to... Uh, <laughs> I had an exciting development that just happened couple of days ago of a development well well you remember perhaps some listeners remember uh back my my torrid love affair with b club the bangladeshi online casino that was leaving comments on final girl from time to time oh no is this is are we in for a franchise reboot well now b club disappeared a long time ago okay right however there's someone new has entered my life and this is Lou, L-U, my Chinese text message scammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Because uh, probably a lot, of, a lot of people, probably here in the States, maybe elsewhere, do you get the random text messages that are clearly for, that are purportedly for a wrong number? Do you get yes. those? Yeah. Well, this one I answered. What? You're not supposed to talk to it. That's how it learns. I know, but I was bored. You're going to have Megan on your ass now. <laughs> Making me crazy. <laughs> I, so I said, I, you know what? I'm going to answer this one. What What did they say to begin with? Well, they said, here, I have my phone. I, I need a forensic reconstruction. They said, hi. Chinese, 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 Little Italy, Chinese, Chinese, question mark. Chinese characters? Yes. Oh, hi, something indiscernible, Little Italy, question mark. Yes. Okay. And so I said, sorry, wrong number. Oh, okay. That's very kind of you. Yeah. And he said, I'm Lou. Isn't this William? I was riding together last month. I said, nope, I'm not William. And then they said, isn't this phone number? And they had, it was my phone number, except they had two numbers transposed, you know. And I said, no, that's not my number. And they said, oh, I'm sorry. I got the wrong area code. I'll check later. Hope I didn't bother you. Wish you good luck in the year of the rabbit. Oh. I was like, I was like oh, that's really sweet. And so I said, good luck to you, too. And they said, thanks. You are a warm-hearted person. Lucky to meet. Maybe we can be friends. Would you mind having a new pen pal? Oh. I was like, oh yeah, here we go. Now it begins. Oh, they've made the ask. They've made the ask. And so I said, I would love a new pen pal. Liz. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. What? I'm telling you, this is my investigative journalism, okay? Stacy, this is, you just invited this in. Uh, that's right. I said, Danny Glick, come on in. <laughs> I'm bored. Come on You're in, Danny Glick. That's the fucking window for Danny Glick. That's right. So I said, yeah, a pen pal sounds great, Lou. I'm glad to hear that. Have you been to San Francisco? What? <laughs> what? I said, yeah, I've been there. Have you been there? Yes, I live in Napa, which is the most famous wine region in the country. Napa Valley has stunning sunshine, cool sea breeze, quality wines, and an enchanting aroma of wine wafting out from time to time, which is fascinating. <laughs> so this is fully a bot now. If you visit again next time, please contact me and I will treat you to a tasting of our fine wines. And I said, I would love that. I love wine. I'll be here waiting for you. I drive to Los Angeles a lot, too. I like to drive and enjoy the scenery along the way. 
where do you live? Maybe I've been there. I said, oh, I live on the East Coast now. Have you ever been to the East Coast? (laughs) Yes, I lived in Brooklyn, New York when I first came to the U.S. I've never been to your city. I hope to visit there sometime in the future. Will you be my guide and show me around? I said, sure, I would love that. (laughs) He said, wow, that sounds great. What's your name? I don't know it yet. I was like, well, that's true. And of course, so I panicked and I just said, Stacy. Oh my God. You didn't even say Blasey? No, I don't know. I just said Stacy. I have trouble lying. You do. You do. You start crying. I, yeah. So I said, oh, my name is Stacy. Stacy, I have a strong image of that name because I also know a well known entrepreneur named Stacy. Oh, what do wow. you do for a living? And I said, well, I am not a well known entrepreneur. I work in media. Wow, I really like to communicate with people who have an active mind. The sparks from the collision of ideas can often bring me different surprises. It's my pleasure to know you. Okay, this is now, it's a killer robot, is what I'm feeling. (laughs) I run a winery in Napa Valley, so I invite you over for a wine tasting. I'm from China. I've been in the U.S. for nine years. It's a long story. If you want to hear it, I'll tell you slowly. But thank you very much for all your inspiring words. I'm very happy. And I said, Lou, that's incredible that you're running your own winery after being here for only nine years. You have worked very hard. How did you get into the wine business? Mainly because of my uncle. He immigrated here a long time ago. I'm sorry, I usually rarely read messages. What chat software do you use? We can add a contact. We can share the fun of life and learn from each other when we have time. What do you think? And I said, that's where I tapped out because I have read about these pig butchering scams. They're called pig butchering scams. What? That originated in China because they are fattening you up like a pig. This is what they do before they slaughter you. This is what they do. Hansel and Gretel. They, They run wild apparently on dating sites and they play the long game. So it's not like... Jen Shaw calling you and saying, hi, this is Annie calling about your student loans. This is not a Nigerian prince asking for $20 million. They'll go on a dating, they'll, they'll go on a dating site and like they have bought legitimate dating profiles. So like if you, you know, I've seen catfish and you're like, I'm not going to get fooled. And you do like a reverse image search or whatever. There's no results. Like everything seems really legitimate and they will start talking to you. And it'll be like three weeks, a month. And then they want you to invest in Bitcoin, right? And it's all set up. They give you websites where you invest. And it's all just a scam to get your money. That's all it is. And so I was like, okay, this is where I tap out. Because see, they're trying to get me onto... That's what they do, is they're really nice. It always starts with like a wrong number if it's the text messaging scam. They're super nice to you. Everything's great. And then they want to get you on WhatsApp or another platform. And then Uh it'll be a friendship. They'll start sending you pictures, all of this stuff. And then a month later, they'll be like, you know how I earned my money? I earned it through Bitcoin. Let me help you. I'll help you make investments in Bitcoin. And they send you to a third party website that their company also runs. JenniferBitcoin.com. Yeah. (laughs) And that's how they get you. Oh my God. And so once they were like, what chat software do you use? I was like, okay, this is where I tap out because they want me to. And so I didn't reply to that at all. And then later that night, they sent me a message that said, Stacy, are you asleep? And I got creeped out. Oh no. So I didn't respond to that either. And then in the morning, they said, good morning, Stacy, and have a productive day. (gasps) <gasps> and I didn't and I didn't respond to that either. And then that night they said, What's up? I'm really worried about you. And that was last night, and I haven't responded to it. So I think they're gonna get the idea that I've ghosted them now, but Oh, you could tell them you're dead. Well, I figured if they try again, like in some time, I might say, Oh, sorry, I was in a coma. And just to see where it goes. Say you're in a coma. Cause they don't care. Like it's all they're running this stuff through translate like google translate they're running my messages through and then because the message would come back it wouldn't be like dot 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 like they were typing it's like boom you get a wall of text like they're cutting and pasting from translation apps or whatever right and it's so it's not a bot it's not a bot it's some it's a person overseas yeah just sitting there like suffering through 
pretending to talk to another person trying to get whatever they're trying to get for whoever they're trying to get it. Well, here, yeah, here's the thing is I read about these scams like a year ago or something because apparently they were very they were very prevalent in china and then china like kind of caught on to it and so then they moved they spread out outside of china but what they'll do is unfortunately a lot of the people that are like sending me texts and all of this they're sending texts to like who knows how many people at once but they'll answer an ad in china that's like customer service job yay and then they get packed up and shift off to like laos or cambodia or something and they basically are entered into indentured servitude where they have to do this and then it's like one of those things where it's like buy your freedom okay it's going to cost you eight hundred thousand dollars to buy your way back to china so then i started to feel bad and i was like maybe i should invest in the bitcoins and send them a hundred thousand dollars just in case maybe you should just uh, just in case you could be a uh, humanitarian yeah Oh, no. But also some people are just shitty and are running this scam to get money. You know, like, it's, yeah. who knows? But, yeah. This is so intense. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> I love, I love that you are that queen who is like, <laughs> I want to see what happens. <laughs> I got a text message um, yesterday from MotorcycleAl at gmail.com. Hey. Who wanted to let me know? I know he wanted to let me know that uh, they had trouble tracking my UPS package that I wasn't expecting. And I, you know, I looked at that and I said I just deleted it. But then there's some people. <laughs> well, now see that I wouldn't respond to anything that has like the link of or like you know your bank account balance is low. Like no, yeah, where it's clearly like a phishing thing. But I want to believe. Like, there's a part of me that's like wants to believe in the story of like Lou, the hardworking immigrant who like moved to this country and is now nine years later is running her own winery in Napa. I mean, as you were describing it and I find out about this queen that did like, you know, maybe she inherited this from her uncle or she had to work really hard with him or something. But I'm like, she is, she built up herself kind of, you know, and now, and she wants to offer that to you. She wants to offer you to be part of that with her. And that's, there is something beautiful about that, really. Oh, I hope she's real. <laughs> I'm sure she is. I'm sure a woman running a winery has time to have a new pen pal over texts. From a random wrong number. So anyway, so goodbye B-Club. Hello, Lou! <laughs> As the song goes. That's right. Yep. Oh, wow. Anyway. That, well, we could have done, we could have done scams run amok month. It could have been I horror adjacent. Well, no, we didn't have that foresight. And no. so uh, it's Animals Run Amok Month. Hell yeah, it is. Here at Stately Gaylord's Manor. And let me tell you. Okay, you know what? Lou can manifest in a waft of wine-scented Napa Valley's finest. That's fine. Because I'm already in heaven. Okay. You can't kill what already died and went to heaven. Yeah, went to a... She's in a better place. How did we end up here at Animals Run Amok Month? Do you remember? Nope. So, Stacy... <laughs> <laughs> Not to the dark. But Stacy and I were, like, looking at, like, what could be potential themes for our coming month. And somehow, Stacy discovers, I believe, today's film... And says, oh my god, that cast, this cast starts naming, you know, people that have appeared, like, tertiary characters from Knott's Landing or from, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever show. And then it turns into, Stacy finds the Blu-ray, then clicks the, recommenda- the recommended Blu-rays. And then says, oh my god, this cast! And then sees the next recommended Blu-ray, clicks that, sees the cast, loses her mind. And now we have an entire new month of programming ready for all of you. (laughs) It was quite lovely. I was in a weakened state. That's why Lou was able to take such advantage of me because I was already, my mental barriers were down because I did (laughs) see every movie that we're going to talk about for this Animals Run Amok Month. And I lost my fucking mind. Well, one, you hadn't heard of a lot of these. And they're filled with, like, I mean, it's a who's who of who remembers. <laughs> and you were you were blown away. It was, it was one after the other. It was quite exciting, actually. 
it's kind of after watching uh the film we're going to talk about today which is tarantulas the deadly cargo made for tv movie from 1977 which just to dramaturgically even the characters in the movie would tell you it's an inaccurate title (laughs) however banana spiders the deadly cargo doesn't quite have the scare factor that tarantulas does yeah not the same ring to it yeah yeah but uh after watching this one if the fact that i'm still alive (laughs) <laughs> on this mortal plane and will be around to talk about the remaining movies for this month is a miracle unto itself because this movie <laughs> if you are a character actor aficionado <sighs> as i am this movie is it for you it's the tops right it's the pinnacle it's true. My my wig was levitating. Then I was <laughs> levitating and I caught up with my wig. And it went back on my head. I could feel it. I could feel it happening from my wing of the manor. Some stay. She's still levitating today. I am. She's like David Blaine over there. Just, <laughs> I am. Just floating. Everyone says, stop it. It started with Tom Atkins. Okay. Yep. That is, Tom Atkins was our patient zero that got us here. Yeah, he is the Gwyneth Paltrow of this movie for us. Yes. Okay. (laughs) We were were talking about my big broners. Who do I love? Who are my broners? And Tom Atkins is a big broner for me. Keep in mind, everybody, because, you know, with the gays coming up, you are voting for biggest broner. And these are men Stacey loves. (laughs) But also, you know, men that you have a crush on, but in a not gay way. Yeah, yeah. You get a broner for him, you know? This movie starts with Tom Atkins. Let me just, can I just talk about this cast for a moment? I please, the floor is yours. Okay. We have Tom, Tom Atkins needs no introduction. Okay, this is 1977, so he was just about to enter all of our hearts forever with The Fog and Night of the Creeps and Halloween 3 and Creep Show. Oh, okay. the hits just keep on coming. He had such a nice run there at the, in the early 80s, but this is 77. Tom Atkins, Howard Hessman of WKRP in Cincinnati. Thank you. Yep. yep lost my mind they are partners in this at the beginning of the movie and i said i want 10 movies of the (laughs) adventures of tom atkins and howard hessman smuggling partners (laughs) coffee bean smugglers that's right give me a series give me a series then we have claude akins every man in this movie has an imdb resume that is longer than like three Me's. (laughs) Me's. <laughs> I'm appetite, I would say. Pretty long. Like, they've been in so many things that to list everything, we'd be here for the rest of our lives. Claude Aiken, perhaps best known for Sheriff Lobo, obviously. Anthony's a big fan. Who you could forget? <laughs> Who could forget Sheriff Lobo? You would recognize all of these men immediately, even if you didn't know where you saw them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you've seen them in 50,000 things. Claude Akins, Bert Rempson, be still my heart. I love Bert Rempson. This is exactly what I was hearing as Stacey was reading the Blu-ray covers. He plays the mayor in this movie. And I love him. People perhaps know him from It's a Living, the sitcom starring Ann Gillian. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, he was on It's a Living. <laughs> he also had a role on Dallas, a fairly substantial role in a later season of Dallas as a dandy dandridge. Okay. He also worked with Robert Altman a lot. He was in Brewster McCloud and Nashville. Did he ever play a Satanist? Because Jason kept screaming, that's the, the Satanist guy. He's always, he always plays the Satanist. <laughs> I don't know. 
And I was like, he might just look like the Satanist guy, but <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There's something about him that, like, even when he's playing a bad character or something, he there's some kind of, like, sweet grandpa quality about him. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. I love Burt Remsen. Okay. Then we have Pat Hingle in this movie. He plays the doctor. <laughs> Perhaps best known from people as he was Commissioner Gordon in all the Tim Burton Batman movies. Yep. He's been in 50 million things. Charles Siebert, who plays Rich, the like the guy who co-owns the orange factory or whatever it is. Yeah, questions I had. Best known, Trapper John M.D. My mother used to love Trapper John M.D., so I've seen a lot of Trapper John M.D. when I was a kid. He was on that. I love Trapper John MD. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. <laughs> he was on that. Uh, boy. Matthew Laborato, who plays uh, Matthew in this. The kid who this movie has the uh, cojones, the ovaries, if you will. Oh, does it ever. To kill a child in a made-for-TV movie. I screamed. I did not <laughs> think this was going to happen. I wrote in all caps, OMG, they killed him. Yes. I can't, I couldn't believe they did it. On Made for Television? It's bold. It's a bold choice. And he went on to do more like horror films later in the 80s, right? Yeah. Well, he was in Deadly Friend. Deadly Friend. Yeah. Because Jason recognized him and then was like, oh my God, he's a tiny child here. <laughs> now he's dead. At this point in his career, he was a mainstay on Little House on the Prairie. Oh, with um, with my guy. Oh, who's your guy? Michael Landon? Michael Landon. Michael Landon is your... Tell me more. Michael Landon well, is your guy. Well, when I was a, a, a youth, we and my mother, my grandma, and I all enjoyed <laughs> Michael Landon because it was it was less um it was less Little House on the Prairie and it was more uh um oh fuck what's it the angel angels the, the highway the, to heaven highway to heaven yeah. highway to heaven and and you know cause, which was essentially yes it, I re- I referenced Touched by an Angel like every episode of the show but Highway to Heaven folks that was the OG Touched by an Angel. It was also like Quantum Leap adjacent, but it was, it was, yeah. So Michael Land, he, what, how can you not? And then he died tragically and young. We love Michael Land. Don't you, do you not identify Michael Landon as your guy? <laughs> I guess, is he a, I, I was never really into Little House or, or Highway to Heaven. So You're I don't have so much. I have a, I, he's one of those, like I get a warm fuzzy kind of, but I wouldn't go so far as to call him a browner. There's no Broner for you. No. But a warm well, fuzzy. I but I haven't, because I haven't seen enough of his stuff. You know? But that's the thing with Michael Landon. And Michael Landon, and given his tragic history and all that, like, he's he's more, I would definitely say he belongs more in the warm fuzzy camp. Because he was a gentler kind of man. At least that's the the read I took from his roles. I don't know anything about him in real life. but But he seemed more of a gentle kind of soul. So he's always been my guy. <laughs> How did we get on Michael Landon? Look at you with a broner. Because Matthew Laborto was in Little House. Right. Thank you. And WizKids, if anybody remembers that show. So him. Uh, and the the women in this. There aren't a lot of women. This is a really man-heavy movie. Uh, we have Deborah Winters as Cindy, who it's really cool, though. Like, she's a pilot. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of women in this, but the women are wicked cool. Uh, horror fans might know her from The Outing, a.k.a. The Lamp, kind of a weird slasher movie where the kids lock themselves in the museum and there's the demon. Oh, I haven't seen that, but that just got the re-release that Jason was super excited about. Yeah, we have that. I still haven't. I, I should watch that. Uh, we have some other women. We have Penelope Windust, who plays Gloria, who gets bit by a spider and then she rolls down a hill and hits her head. <laughs> <laughs> bit by a spider fall over roll down hill head directly into a tree yeah <laughs> it makes you wonder like did they just write end up writing that into the movie because did they not plan the trajectory of her role it, when they were it? yeah it looked really painful it looked like it wasn't supposed to happen <laughs> including her clutching her head after <laughs> A great name, Penelope Windust. She was in V. You know, oh, I love me some V. Stacy loves those lizard aliens. I sure do. Uh, 
and we have Noelle North, who, excuse me, I she plays a character in this named Honey Lamb. <laughs> Wait, who was that? She's the one with the t-shirt. You guys must have fallen in love with Honey Lamb. She's got the oh. t-shirt on that says, like, Foxy Lady or whatever, and she's just, she kind of pops up from time to time. Yeah, she was cool. She was wicked cool. Anyway, she was like a bit character actress kind of thing. She with a like she was in Carrie. She was one of the students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this movie, like I said, is a character actor aficionado. It's a dream movie. It's unbelievable how many people are in this movie. And then it's a made-for-TV movie about spiders. So it's just like perfect. The end. <laughs> that has Whoa. been our episode. <laughs> yeah. Lou, let me tell you about this movie I watched today. Oh, you when Lou asks you again tonight for the seventeenth time, are you awake? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. She said, "No, I've been watching Tarantulas: The Deadly Cargo." Do you want to talk about it? I'll sign up for WhatsApp just to talk with Lou about Tarantulas: The Deadly Cargo, aka <laughs> Banana Spiders: The Deadly Cargo. <laughs> What happens? Tom Atkins and Howard Hessman are partners. They've got a coffee scheme, a brewing. Oh, brewing. I didn't even mean that until it came out of my mouth. In Ecuador, you could write the greeting cards. <laughs> yeah. In Ecuador, they've got tons and tons of coffee beans that they're going to bring to the U.S. and make a shitload of money. Okay. Unbeknownst to them, somehow unbeknownst to the coffee workers... There are spiders in the bags of beans. Nobody, as as you watch everyone shoveling, slowly shoveling coffee beans into bags, none of them notice that there are one million tarantulas <laughs> inside the beans, crawling on the beans, buried in the beans, just sitting on the beans, on the shovel, in the bag. Nobody notices. They'll push the shovel so slowly into the beans, and we see there's a huge tarantula right next to it. Like, there's no way you couldn't see this tarantula. Well, especially when they cut to the guy doing the shoveling, staring at the shovel. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they did it on purpose. I think they were distracted by Tom Atkins showing up coughing and then and then making out with this woman right first thing on the runway set to really great cool music. Music is wicked. It's so cool. So they were clearly awestruck, dumbstruck. They had broners too. Would I have noticed if there was a tarantula next to me while I was watching Tom Atkins? Probably not. So I can't judge these people. Real quick, how do you deal with tarantulas or, you know, walking spiders or banana spiders or whatever? How do you deal with that? Because I know you have an insect thing. I thought they were very cute. I think tarantulas are very cute. I don't necessarily want them on me. Because they're fuzzy wuzzy. But they're fuzzy and, and they're big enough that they're cute. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Spiders don't really, like, spiders don't really bother me. Versus, a like, I don't like a beetle. I mean, I, I've seen some cool beetles. Sure. What about the cool beetle with the horn? Yeah, there's a beetle with the horn. There's like beetles that look like metal. Yeah. They're so cool. But I don't like them. I don't like anything that flies. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, I love bugs, but if it flies at me, I'll, no. No, it's it's over. But in this, you just get, it's just terrifying shot after shot of really slow, adorable fuzzy wuzzies just walking (laughs) very gently. (laughs) Yes, one thing I will say right now for this movie, especially since this came out the same year as that Kingdom of the Spiders came out. Uh, I love Kingdom of the Spiders. It's got the cow who can act in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great movie, except there is definitely spider violence. where And I mean, it's a 1970s Animals Run Amok movie. And so one thing I very much appreciate about Tarantulas the Deadly Cargo is their like nothing ha- like there was a spider wrangler like no spiders harmed in this movie thank you i was so i was li- like the moments that i was on the edge of my seat watching adorable fuzzy wuzzies crawl very slowly and gently <laughs> i was i was horrified thinking like i, I don't want to see any of these little buddies get hurt because they're 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 i mean insects are animals but we don't often apply that term to them 
people watching these guys, they're like they're little little fuzzy animal buddies. I don't want to see their when the shit kid is hitting this, trying to hit the spider with the stick, and the poor spider is like trying to wander away from him. I was serves you right. Is what I said when that kid died. Anyway, yeah, no, there's, there'll be some clever editing in this, like like the the real wanton disregard for animals and insects and things like that in a lot of these movies is a bummer because like food of the gods is great it's got marjo gortner and ida lupino (laughs) that's one of your biggest broners the two of them i have a broner for ida lupino too i mean come on uh but there's real animal violence and you just can't you know and so yeah. kingdom of the spiders and so for this to come out in the same year as that and a lot of these movies uh, I, I really admire that that's quite impressive especially when made for tv like they don't necessarily who would think that they might invest in a spider wrangler and in all these like dummy spiders and things you know when they could have just gone the easy route and uh, inflicted horrible atrocities especially uh, Again, made for TV, a lot of these movies were made so quickly. Yes. Two or three weeks, maybe, at best, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, like, with a schedule like that, it's an easy time to cut corners and just smush them. Yeah, well, and and looking at, once again, as you stated, the era itself in which animal violence is so prevalent on film, but that they, but that they said, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make sure we're going to, we're going to invest in keeping these spiders safe and alive and happy. And we'll make up for it by not having an ending or a climax for this film. That's right. That's what they said. <laughs> That's right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so they've got the coffee. Uh, they end up, they have to pay some quote unquote export taxes. It's just corruption, right? But to get the money, they end up taking on board. They smuggle some migrant workers on the flight, uh, one of whom is sick already. And then there's spiders and they get bit by a spider and there's chaos. And then the engine goes out and then the plane crashes. (laughs) Plane crashes in a small town, like a field outside of a small town. And, uh, you know, there's spiders everywhere. And Tom Atkins, dead. Yeah. Like, well, he, you're right. He really was the patient, the Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And Howard Hessman gets the Kyle Richards treatment. Yeah, yeah they say he's alive, but wheel him off stage. Yeah. Off yeah. And so it's really cool that, like, one thing I really love about this movie is, like, the plane crashes in the small town. And we get, the whole movie takes place in one day. And it's just, like, we get this chaos kind of like mild chaos nothing ever really gets really chaotic in this movie but theoretically it's chaos um in this small town that has a lot of little dramas happening that we don't really get a lot of elaboration on and it's just one day and so we just get a little taste of storylines from people yeah and i love it that's that's very true, actually. It, there is an element of um, shades of uh, Salem's Lot by way of Mrs. Dalloway. A woman's life in one day. <laughs> but you get, like, Salem's, I say Salem's Lot because, like, you get the, the extramarital affair. The, 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 uh, you, all of, just all of these characters. Well, you get at the very beginning, like as the plane's coming in and we go to the uh, airport and we see Cindy and her boyfriend, who's like, they're ostensibly the main characters of this movie. But they have this weird conversation where she says, like, let's talk about it. And he says, oh, we've already talked about it. And we never find out what it is. They never go back to it or whatever. And so it's just kind of like we interrupt these characters' lives with this plane. Like, we crash into this town along with the plane. And so we just see snippets. Or, like, the doctor, played by, um, what's his name? Pat Hingle. Yeah. They call him when the, the plane crashed and there's people on the plane. And he's like, you know, I'm not a doctor anymore. You know, I don't do that anymore. But he still has an office and, like, an assistant and all of this. So it's oh, like, I what? loved her. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what's his story? We don't know any yeah. of the stories. There's the affair. There's all kinds of stuff. And I love that it's just kind of like, yeah, day in the life of this town. You know, I, I mean, I I mean this sincerely. Um, but I think that's really quite impressive on the part of the screenwriter that these characters were living a life before this story, which doesn't often happen. 
I mean, especially in the saga of disaster films, like these characters, it's kind of like the day they were born is all of a sudden they are dropped into the story. It's all happening. But to get like you get you know a couple lines that kind of cue something. But these people are living lives that are just totally normal and disconnected from this story. It's intriguing. It's really interesting. Like you say, it doesn't have an ending or a climax. And that's true. But given that it is a day in the life, it kind of works. It's like the spiders run amok. They have to figure out what the spiders are. And they have to find a way to stop them. And this is one of the few Animals Run Amok movies where, like I said, ostensibly we've got lead characters. But it's the whole town coming together to fight this spider menace. They have to figure, and you know, that's what Honey Lamb is like, my uncle has wasps! (laughs) They figure out that, like, these (laughs) spiders, their natural enemies are wasps. And, like, this is true. There are spider wasps like wasps who hate spiders and will kill them and eat them um and but because this is a made for tv movie and you can't just unleash hundreds of millions of wasps in the town they make up this pseudoscience that is like oh the the vibrations of the wasp wings like when the spiders hear it they get so scared that they just freeze they get like paralyzed yeah and so they emulate Like, oh, well, I know how to run, I know how to do audio equipment. And so they emulate the sound of the wasps and the spiders all freeze. And then they gently place the spiders into buckets full of rubbing alcohol or something to kill them. Because, (laughs) the end, because this town uh, survives on oranges. This is their their economy. There's a they're in the middle of a drought. It's in California, and they're counting on this deal with like a marmalade company for their orange harvests that are going to basically carry the town through until the next orange season. Mm-hmm. And one of their big selling points is that they are completely organic. There's no pesticides. There's no DDT. There's none of this. And so they have to find a way to kill these spiders without breaking that contract so they can't spray pesticides on the spiders to kill them they have to find an organic way to do it because the spiders have overrun this orange warehouse yeah or facility orange factory i love it (laughs) (laughs) the orange factory and seeing everyone see it is now i am actually because i was screaming at this movie uh hilariously so i was screaming at this movie at the ending because i'm like that what what I, I fully a black stood up off, <laughs> off the couch. I'm wandering around behind Annie Cohen and there because it just kind of ends. But, but now that you're bringing this to the back to the beginning that, you know, that this is more of a slice of life that is appropriate. You're correct. It's, it is really jarring because it's like, They go into the warehouse and they're gently scooping up the spiders with shovels and placing them into the buckets full of alcohol and killing them. And then Charles Siebert falls into a generator. (laughs) It's complicated. He falls into a generator and uh, electricity goes out and all of the doors of the warehouse close. And then the spiders wake up because the power's gone out and so they can't blast the wasp sounds over the PA system anymore. Yeah, from literally a the farmer who is shaking a <laughs> box of wasps <laughs> in front of a microphone. Yeah. So then it becomes the people trapped inside the warehouse have to they're not even worried about killing spiders anymore. They are they have to get out of the warehouse. And then they get out of the warehouse, the power goes back on, they kill the rest of the spiders, and that's the end of the movie. Amazing. But the, the killing the rest of the spiders takes place off screen. Claude Akins is like, well, gotta go kill the rest of the spiders. <laughs> and then we assume that they do. And then it's there's this amazing uh, credit sequence where you think there's going to be more spiders, right? The whole time. <laughs> like like the, the whole movie is building up to like, okay, they're going to get rid of the menace, but you know they're going to show one cute little mr fuzzy and they never do yeah 
they're showing like, oh, here's Burt Remsen and Stacy's all excited. And he's overseeing the oranges going down the conveyor belt. Here's boxes full of oranges. Oh, the train with the boxes of oranges. All of this. They keep showing this. Here's the and- sheriff with his dead wife who was cheating on him just drinking himself alone. <laughs> Yeah, he's like in the dark in his house. Yeah! Drinking himself to death. Yes! Uh, And it is just pure horror movie. Now's the time for the jump scare. Now's the time for Jason to jump up out of the lake and grab Alice. Yes! And it doesn't happen. And it's just like, oh, business really is back to normal in Finleyville. Yeah, there was a great... the, the, The last shot is a train... Make going passing out of town, which you're like, okay, obviously the menace would be that this moves on to other places. Yeah. So I thought for sure, okay, and then zoom in and show or or freeze frame, and there's the little leg. <laughs> no, no, no such thing happens. It's literally just over, and and actually everything's fine. It's amazing. Like the second Pat Hingle is like, okay, let's or Claudia, they're like, okay, let's go back in and kill all the rest of them, and then the main couple just walks out, and then they just walk down the street, and then the filmmakers literally just put the movie to bed. Like they're like, <laughs> did did it? Are you warm? Do you need another pillow? <laughs> yeah. Go night night now, and then it was over. It's amazing. It's it's such a weird approach to something like, especially like Animals Run Amok, which is like, these movies get crazy, whether there's a lot of the animal or only a few, but they're really big or whatever. There's usually, like I said, there's more chaos, there's more destruction, there's more, like, look at the swarm, you know what I mean? With trains going over cliffs oh, yeah. and, and all kinds of stuff. And this is just like... Here's a little town. A plane crashes. There's one day in this town's history that was really fucked up. <laughs> and they're fine. They're all fine. And yeah, I was expecting, I mean, when Siebert's going up there and then it falls and it, the gas can that he's taking with him falls. I was like, like, okay, now we've already had gasoline lead to a plane explosion. What's going to, how is this town going to come back from all these people getting blown up in their orange factory with all the killer tarantulas <laughs> too? You know, I thought there was going to be something big. And they just said, no, we we have to go to bed. It's late. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the ultimate feel-good ending of a movie, which is crazy because this is a movie, again, that kills a child. And, you know, it's not like there's no victims in this movie. That's for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, perhaps they did earn it because at this point we've already seen Tom Atkins with a tan, no less, making out with that lady we've seen him crash a plane we've seen the plane explode we've seen multiple (laughs) spider fatalities we've seen a child get killed i mean we've already we once again we've reached the pinnacle so where else is there to go when you're at the top the town was saved the orange harvest was saved everything's still organic it's all good I thought even at the least they would show like one of the kids at um, the Finley Ranch School for Autistic Children. I thought for sure they'd like show a kid sitting there looking at their like terrarium. Right. And you see a little Mr. Fuzzy. No! (laughs) It's just amazing. And this movie is like the total uh, diametrically opposed to the swarm where it's like this one, you know, no, we have to keep it organic. We can't use pesticides. And the swarm is like, let's set the Gulf of Mexico on fire. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Let's stop this environmental catastrophe by starting another one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really kind of admirable and very sort of late seventies. This is a, this was a grassroots communities come together stand up for each other we all have a hand in this fight kind of film yeah which you don't often get it's usually just it's like you usually get the one or two characters but this one is very much like how are we gonna fight the spiders you know and my axe like it's very like (laughs) lord of the rings like everybody has something to contribute like my uncle has wasps i know how to run the sound equipment you know you know, Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand wouldn't like this because it's very much bordering on collectivism. Yeah, she'd be really pissed off. Yeah. So if Ayn Rand doesn't like it, you know it's good. <laughs> so I don't know. I I mean, that's one of the things I love about, like you said, Salem's Lot or a lot or The Swarm or like I love, you know, in The Swarm, I love the romance with Olivia de Havilland and Fred McMurray, you know, and Slim Pickens. Like, I love the sort of small oh. town 
aspects of it and all of the dramas and that and this movie doesn't go into all of the dramas but i just love that it has such a broad cast of characters from this little town and everybody oh, comes yeah. together and works together and it's just it's great it's really well great. that's that's the joy about a town like a town focused film right i mean like the swarm i i just want to see olivia ha- de havilland go about her day-to-day life uh running that school or or um even outside of the disaster genre, my bloody Valentine. I I, I just want to watch Miss Mabel's party planning committee. <laughs> like yep. I want to see that. I want to see the intrigue that happens in those scenes. And this movie is it's concerned with that. How nice! All that and this cast, please. <laughs> so, if you had to choose one Broner from this film, Burt Remsen. Burt Remsen. Hundred percent. There you go. Love him. What really did it for you? In this movie? Yeah, what, what's like the scene you go back to when you, and then you get the text that asks if you're awake? <laughs> well, I mean, I do appreciate that it was like the whole beginning had such a nice build with the plane. Like, I mean, Burt Remsen is my biggest broner just because it's Burt Remsen, you know? Yeah. But like, as far as the movie itself goes, I just love that it was like we see the spiders on the bags and then like this one man is sick for some reason and we don't know why it's like are the spiders gonna bite him and like oh they got bit by the spider the spiders are out and then there's also a storm oh no are they gonna make it through the storm and then yeah they fly <laughs> through the storm and then oh no the engine cuts out oh are they gonna and then they fucking crash land and it's like this is a made for tv movie and it was really well done and pretty high stakes for the beginning yeah. of this movie okay listen the really well done it was you're right but also the really well done plane how they depict the plane crash do you remember like you see the plane flying around we never see it crash though well no because it's made for tv but so their solution is they have they film from inside the cockpit and then all of a sudden like essentially the camera operator just drops the camera and it hits the floor (laughs) and then you hear an explosion (laughs) i just thought it was brilliant i loved it but then they have that full-size plane out in the field. That, they that was wicked! It was great, yeah. With the broken wing, and I was staring at it. I was like, is that a matte painting? How did they do that? It's so cool. It's good shit. Yeah. I would say Animals Run Amok Month is off to a great start. Oh, I mean, absolutely. How could, how, I mean, what's, what? Listen, people, if you thought this cast was nuts, just you wait. <laughs> just you wait. We've got Honestly. all your favorites, oh along with a whole lot of weird little cute animals just all lined up waiting for you. Oh my god, it's going to be so good. <sighs> just just knowing the pure joy that this gives you, too, <laughs> makes me so happy. I'm like, look at all those old men, I love them! <laughs> Well, let's hear for the banana spiders. (laughs) Stacy, with all of this said, are you ready to go go inside the pyramid, to do the Great Value Pyramid, to scale it, or, you know, play the game? Yes! Great Value Pyramid. It is our game show here on Gaylord's Darkness. Chopping block no more. No thank you. It's Great Value Pyramid. We have constructed six categories that we uh, have a minute to give clues to the clue guesser. Uh, Without naming the thing itself, we have to give you clues to help you guess what is the category we are alluding to. Uh, If you get all six of them, then you win. And if you win with time on the clock, that carries over to the next person. So they get a little bit of extra time too. If you fail to answer within 60 seconds or your allotted time, then you are dead. But if you, if you don't, then if you don't die, then you're, you have won. When you won last week, I won last week. I won last week. We literally, I went back and listened, and I have to say, we really were experiencing psychic connection in that episode. We were psychically connected, and we also were very much psychic in terms of what would happen, in that I said, 
even with the extra time, you were going to die and it would be my fault. And you also (laughs) said you knew that you were going to give me the right clues to help me win. And all of those things happened. Right? So I died second. That means you ask first. I ask you? Okay. Okay. Well, let me flip my cards over here, which are assembled in pyramid formation. And we're going to... Oh. Can I use Lou as my lifeline? You can, You can. Um, if you want to spend the extra time going into Google <laughs> Translate to talk to your scammer friend. Yes, you can. I am bringing up my stopwatch. And are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right. In three, two, one. Uh, it. Uh, he's actually dead. He's been dead the whole time. Bruce Willis. Uh, at the beach, it's actually a testing. And my Shyamalan twists. Yes. Okay. Uh, scream. The faculty. Cursed. Teaching Mrs. Tingle. Wes Craven movies. Scream 2. Uh, Wes Craven movies from the 90s? Cursed. Teaching Mrs. Tingle. The faculty. Yeah, sure. Wes um, Craven movies. <laughs> okay. Okay. Pass. Uh, uh, um, I'll just die if I don't get that recipe. I'll just die if I don't get that recipe. Thanks, I'll just uh, die. What's her face says from separate rhymes. Yes. Um. Okay. Uh. Um. Jocelyn Donahue. Uh. Kelly McGillis. Um. Uh, Greta Gerwig. Uh. Mary Warrenov. Actresses in Thai West movies. Yes. Okay. Uh. Uh. uh, uh, uh James Cameron. Ridley Scott. Um. David Fincher. Uh, Jean-Pierre Junet. Alien, alien directors. Yes, but you're dead. What? What the fuck were those Wes Craven movies that apparently weren't Wes Craven movies? <laughs> they were movies written by Kevin Williamson. Oh. Wes Craven didn't do The Faculty or oh, right, Teaching yeah. Mrs. Tingle. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. I couldn't say Dawson's Creek because that's not a movie. I'm sorry. I was rooting for that, you. No, that's okay. I, I couldn't. I was just picturing Christina Ricci's big face on the cursed poster. Did you ever see that? No. I didn't either. And so every time a movie comes up, I just also see Christina Ricci's big face on the poster. Yeah. That I was fixated on that, and it, I just wasn't. That was stupid of me. I deserve to die. Okay, you're. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, you killed it. You you were in the terror of the great value pyramid. Hmm. You know, you're trying to navigate the chutes and the ladders and the the hidden passages, and there's a CGI Anubis chasing after you. And, I should have known. Though. And someone is just naming movies that you don't like at you. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, how else would that be received? And well, you know that death is at the, at, at, you know, ever waiting. But otherwise, you got everything correct, except for just that one and the one we didn't get to. Oh, oh well, okay. <laughs> That's a very bad showing. All right. No, you got, you got four out of six. And technically, we only got to five. So you did very well. You should pat yourself on the back. Okay. I, all right. <laughs> okay i'm fine with my death i feel i deserved it that time that's okay you, you, okay so you don't you're not, I'm not calling better about for a coup it. no no coup. <laughs> i have i have one coup scheduled already this week i <laughs> don't have time for another well i'm glad you put it in your calendar of course what if lisa hockstein is there i have to go okay <laughs> No, she would never. She would never. There's a. There's, there's, <laughs> just imagine. I know you're not briefcase woman, but imagine the photos and there's like, there's the shaman, there's Lisa Hochstein, there's there's the Iron Lady and like the other uh, uh, tea, tea party granny, and then there's briefcase woman just standing in the Capitol waving her briefcase. Time of her life. <laughs> Time of her life. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see if you win this week. Smarty pants. I never I never said I was. Here we go. Oh god.
Your time starts in three, two, one, now. Um, oh, uh, uh, Night of the Comet, um, uh, uh, oh, the Creep Show story with Jordy Verrill. Um, uh, oh, farts. I pass. Okay, Leprechaun, um, Hellraiser, Friday the 13th, Amityville, Leprechaun. Uh, movies in the East Coast? Horror movies in the East Coast? Uh, the last one was Comets. The last one was Asteroid movies. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, we'll pass. Oh, fuck! Um, oh, I'm dead. And I have things written inside my body. And uh, the Autopsy my... Jane Doe. Things the Autopsy Jane, Jane Doe says. Things Jane uh, Doe says. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um. Uh, Nancy Thompson, Casey Becker, um, Jess in Black Christmas. Um, uh, 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 queens that die. Uh, um. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Well, the first one was movies with comets and meteors, and I probably shouldn't have said Night of the Comet, but I literally forgot every other movie that has a comet. Oh, Coherence! Oh, isn't Coherence great? Yeah, I could have said that doesn't do me a lot of good now and then yeah franchises oh the one that you didn't get was franchises that go to space leprechaun friday the 13th hellraiser oh i did this category i gave you that category and i didn't even see that commonality oh i didn't remember that you gave it to me (laughs) yeah no you said you said um dumb movies Like okay. shitty horror movies. Uh, this probably going to be overlap because we're coming up with six fucking categories every week. I oh, totally yeah. did not even remember that you did that. That's funny. That is no, but the fact that I didn't even remember that those movies go to start. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! What I am? I feel like I have never been more brain dead in a Great Value Pyramid. We were in the zone last week. This week we are in the dead zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're the ice broke. Yeah. Uh, yes, you got things that Jane Doe says. Well done. Thank you. Uh, and then the last one you did not get: Nancy Thompson, Casey Becker, Jess, and Black Christmas. Barb and Black Christmas. Characters who use the phone. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Phone. Oh, that's scenes. good. Could have said. Probably could have said. Uh, Linda from Halloween. Maybe what a trick Linda. Linda. Who do I associate with using a phone? Jessica Walter. Play Misty for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Wow! Okay, so listen. We both did very poorly this week. Well, and you had two weeks in a row where you won. I won and everyone was like triumphant, feeling triumphant for me. And that was really nice of y'all. Like, I, I'm apparently dumb and I need the support. Thanks. But then, <laughs> this week, wow, awful. They're going to throw tomatoes at us this week. Just, we'll make them a Joey Two, tomato. Yeah, we're going to get a lot of splats down. <laughs> That's for sure. Look, we can't win every week, okay? We got to keep everybody on their toes and make things exciting. But this is good, though, because you know what I actually what I actually wondered? And maybe this is just like the, the, the sheer asinine um, levels to which the gay lords can sometimes reach in our loftiness, or at least me, you know, is I was I was genuinely worried like, oh, no, what if like we are too good and then we just the game becomes boring because we always win? Wow. I literally had that concern, like, well, going through my brain. I think we cured you of that delusion this week. <laughs> because not only did we both die, we both died really gruesome, awful, stupid deaths. But uh, long, lingering, violent. Everybody, kid, you know what? Everybody who was gathered there in the studio audience watching us, they just, they don't even say anything. They just, like... no turn around and walk out quietly. it was exactly the end of tarantulas the deadly cargo they just they <laughs> yeah. literally just walked away they yeah. walked away they left they went to sleep the next day someone got on a train the other guy drank himself to death no one spoke of it ever again no well 
we'll be back next week. Who knows what'll happen? We could both win. We could both lose again. But just to fact check you here, nobody is losing next week because we're doing more animals run amok. That's right. So even if we lose, we've already won. Like I said, you can't kill what's already dead. I'm in heaven. <laughs> so Tell that to Lou as she <laughs> approaches you with a hex, mom. <laughs> Stacy, where have you been? Oh, I was in heaven. <laughs> I was watching the 1977 made-for-TV film Tarantulas, the Deadly Cargo. And let me tell you, once Burt Remsen showed up... <laughs> She'll, she'll be like, you know what? There is no amount of Bitcoin that is worth this. Yeah, that's when you don't hear yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Lou? Lou? Where are you? Yeah, we're full house by the cemetery. And yeah. she goes off to live with the family in the attic or whatever. <laughs> Lou? 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 Here's my bank account number. <laughs> she's like, I just, I'm not interested. We're going to add each other on WhatsApp and she's sending me some fake pictures and i'm sending her screen caps from tarantulas the deadly cargo <laughs> what is this this is not in our script book <laughs> <laughs> well like i said we'll be back next week but in the meantime everybody has a job to do everybody out there has a job to do it is your job listener to go vote if you haven't already Go vote in the People's Gays. Oh, you all are doing such a good job, too. There are so many incredible votes coming through, and we cannot wait to get to that award show. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be the best. I mean, the pyrotechnics and the fireworks and the... The, the spiders. The spiders. The, it's just spiders <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. It's just slowly walking and being adorable. But it is going to be astounding. And remember, you have, just go to GaylordsDarkness.com where you can access, you just click the, the link to take you to the form. You fill it out. And and you have until end of day, April 10th to get your voice heard. So, I mean, that's that's like just a couple weeks from now, folks, and how quickly time moves. I mean, that's going to be here by tomorrow. So make sure to vote. Vote, vote, vote. It's really easy. You don't have to register for anything. You don't have to put your name in there. It's all anonymous. Anonymous? Uh, anonymous. Oh, there we go. <laughs> anonymous. Why do I still... This is so stupid. And perhaps I'm ripe to fall for a text message scam. But when I see that anonymous is supposedly going to do something, there's still the part of me that's like, yeah. Go get them. Like, I keep thinking they're going to someday actually do something worthwhile. I I I am right there with you. I have spent my what feels like my entire life, but I mean, legitimately, the last 20 years, uh, which is by no means my entire life, but I have spent the last 20 years hoping to God and thinking, well, one, Anonymous is such a cool idea. Like, they have those video. I mean, the Guy Fox mask is a little tripe, but like, they... they when they show up and they make a declaration and like, yeah, like I believe in the hackers, right? But then that's all they do is every once in a while they come out with a video that has like the Matrix green shit on it. Yeah. And then they're like, attention, Elon Musk. We are anonymous. <laughs> and then it's like, they don't do anything. Like the concept, because they say they're going to do stuff and every time I'm just like you and I think this is wicked cool. They're going to take them down. It's going to be like Fight Club and they're going to blow up all the banks. I'm like, why? We're not going to wait for Biden to forgive student loans. Like, can't they just go change all the balance numbers? Don't they just go, they click the button and then they, they just replace it with a zero. Maybe Lou could do it. Maybe Have Lou talk to them. Can, do yeah. you think he could? Maybe. Like, Lou, look, I'll buy fake Bitcoins if <laughs> you get rid of student loan debt in this country or, you know. You're like Jesus. You will take on the sins of mankind. For the good of all, I'll do it. I'll be in Napa, sucking in all the wafts. <laughs> wafts. Oh, God. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm with you. I, mm. Anonymous, such a missed opportunity. And that's all they are. It's all talk. But one day, I mean, I, please, someone just set off an EMP and get rid of the internet. I mean, it would suck because then we, how would we do the show? But like, get rid of the internet. Get rid of the banks. Just delete everything. It, how hard could it be? Maybe they just don't want to. They just want to wear those fucking masks and do their TikToks. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I hope they don't hack into the system and rig the voting for the people's gays. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's apparently... That's probably what they'll do. Oh, gay lords of darkness. <laughs> we are anonymous. <laughs> the winner is not Rhonda Johnson's wig. <laughs> no! Let me tell you, though, some of these, I mean, it's not like I'm actually following the results in real time every single day and refreshing to see constantly what our brilliant, sexy, funny listeners are writing in and choosing. But let me tell you, some of these are neck and neck, and I am on the edge of my seat. Oh, yeah. And I find that it's reflected in, like, in some of my choices. Like, when I think about what would I choose for this category... I too would be my pie chart, my personal pie chart. Yes. Know, even wedges. The pie chart of the heart. That's right. <laughs> even wedges. <laughs> it's it's true, and it's quite. There are some. There are some that I'm like, really. There are some shockers, and there's some. Ooh, ooh. And how is this going to play out? And it's just, it's so exciting. So I truly, truly, we cannot wait for the gays. So once again. Gaylordsdarkness.com. Go vote. Yeah. Next week. Until then. See you in Little Italy. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, 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 ha.